Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Hails from Scotland. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time, uh, doing, doing okay. You know, hanging in there. uh, You know, just uh, waking up every day like Michael Buble. Oh, wow. What a rhyme (laughs) to it. Um, Well, Matt, you know, let's just, let's, let's get the the important goods out of the way. If people, you know, they want to help us check us out, all all that good stuff. Yeah. You know, where, where can they find just go to our materials. website, website dunkspodcast.com. We've got all our links there for all the different ways that you can support us. So, uh, yeah, please check it out and um, just have a click and and uh, it'll take you to where you need to go. Right on. And, uh, yeah, before we jump kind of into the podcast, it's a, it's a really fun episode. We, uh, we talk a lot about... Um, you know, the Raptors perspective, uh, what mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet had to say to the media, uh, obviously the, uh, you know, uh, players testing positive with COVID, uh, you know, three on the Pelicans, I think five or six now on the nets Whoa. Uh, and just kind of this, just confusing, stressful time. Um, you know, but yeah, but before we kind of launch into that, we just, we want to be clear, but you know, who we are as people and, and where we're coming from as a podcast. And, uh, the motion to defund police by uh, by um, Councillor Matlow uh, did not pass, and in fact, what did pass was a, uh, I believe, thirty million dollars increase for uh, body cams, which have largely largely proven to be ineffective. So, um, you know, the battle's not over, and uh, we we, we got to keep fighting for this defund the police cause. It's really important to uh, to keep the black and brown community members in our community safe. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. So, you know, if your city councilor was someone who voted on the wrong side of history, let them know, you know, if there's someone who voted no for this, let them know and tell them that not only are they going to lose your vote, they're going to lose your, your friends and family's vote. And, Mm -hmm. And this single issue is why. Yeah. Um, sorry, a little bit of a, no, absolutely rant there, but, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's you know, you like to Toronto at. is, you know, they are the, they're the, the biggest city in Canada. And like, it would have been a really huge thing for them to kind of light the way for everybody else and all the smaller communities for yeah, something like it? that to pass. And it's not like, it was the, it's the, you know, it was the bare minimum thing. It was a 10% decrease. Yeah. Wasn't that it? Yeah, it was ten percent. It was 10%, barely anything. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, it's a uh, like a hundred hundred thousand dollars or whatever. It's just um, well, no, it was actually quite big because their budget's massive. So I think it was like one hundred fifty million. Oh, hundred. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yes, yeah, hundred hundred fifty million dollars, which is a lot. But uh, they have a really huge budget, and yeah, I mean, I don't live in the city anymore, but you gotta those those counselors, you gotta hold them accountable for this. And, uh, totally. yeah, 
Yeah. And uh, let's uh, let's not, let's not forget and let's not stop fighting. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to process this and um, yeah, just uh, fight where, fight where you can and uh, support how do you what can. you can. Yeah. Right on. Uh, cool. Let's uh, let's jump into this episode, Matt. Uh, let's talk some, let's talk some basketball and everything around it. Uh, and Raptors and everything around that. And uh, Matt, if you think this is all okay, just say the words okay. Okay. Okay, now that I know this meeting is being recorded, uh, I'm so excited to uh, to bring in my my very first guest. Uh, she's been on the show a bunch of times. Uh, she's an amazing podcaster, amazing writer. She's a, a specialist in all things feelings. She was in Las Vegas when there was the giant earthquake. She has a, a million cool, amazing credits and is super, super talented. Give it up as loud as you can for Katie Heindel. <laughs> nice my music i love it <laughs> i know i thought maybe i would would dance more but then i was like i got this coffee right now and I'm you like, guys oh, were man. bopping it's all right i was How, bopping how's it going thanks for having me back i'm i'm doing pretty good hanging doing in there okay, i guess yeah. um thanks for being back uh how are you are you doing okay I'm good. I'm good. I'm very busy. I kind of thought I would have a little bit of a lull um, leading up to season start, but it's going to just be like a chaotic dovetail into more. So that's okay. Well, yeah, it's good <laughs> yeah, to be busy. I, I, yeah. I, I definitely feel like it's uh, it's trending that way where it's uh, it's kind of like equal parts extremely busy and scary. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that yeah, fair? No, yeah. yeah. And I think now your work day is just like, you know, we were saying just before we started recording, it it can be any time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, work is all the time. Uh, play is never, and uh, yeah, you just gotta you gotta find the happiness in the margins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was so. But, but the, there, I actually yeah. <laughs> thought there'd be like have, would have a bit more of like pizzazz and maybe maybe be a bit funnier. So to the listener, trust me, I'm more optimistic than that. <laughs> um, let's, let's bring our guest number two. Uh, we were actually in an improv collective, uh, together before, before this, uh, this pandemic thing got going and, uh, we're, we're buds. We're, we're huge basketball fans. He's hilarious. Uh, he's at home right now on break from work, but I guess work is all the time. So breaks all the time. I don't know. This is a <laughs> sloppy intro intro. Give it up for uh, Randall Morales. Oh, lower music. working all the time. This song. Oh, this is for my uh, working montage <laughs> How you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Good, man. Good. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, is there a, a lot of new stuff going on in your world or you're just kind of working, plugging away? Yeah, uh, I, in, I'm in the phase of uh, learning how to play the guitar. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. And also photography. So, also photography. So are you like, right. are you better at photography or guitar so far? Are you like Nick nursing it on guitar or are you kind of like? No, no, not at all. Um, for, for the guitar part, I'm just trying to get like 
my fingers to cooperate. So okay, so if the Arkells you know, like, were like, not we, even, I'm not even. <laughs> but you, you, you know, you know the band, the Arkells. If they were like, we need you to step in, could you? <laughs> no, <laughs> unless Honestly, it's air guitars. <laughs> I think you could, man. I just think you, you just like. Just go for it. Let them start a little bit, you know, less press, like Sloan or something. Sloan? Come on. (laughs) Sloan's the top of the tops. Don't mess around with me on Sloan. I don't agree with that, but. (laughs) Listen, Sloan, we'll we'll bring it up another time, but uh, let's get going on, uh, I guess, yeah, all things NBA, all things Raptors. Uh, Maddie, if you got that Raptor sting, would you give it to me? It really is a lot cooler watching you mouth all of those sound effects that you did. Yeah. I mean, I got to have some fun over here too, you know. You got to have some fun. Um, Okay. I thought thought I'd just start kind of right in the the belly of the beast here. Um, And I'm going to read, I'm going to read some of, Fred's quotes from his, uh, his interview with uh, Eric Kareen of The Athletic. Uh, because I feel like, you know, FVV is a good place to start for us. Uh, you know, me and him share the same name. And he, he always speaks from the heart. And uh, I think he has a kind of a, a, a lot of different and interesting points. Um, so if you just uh, give me a sec here. Um, so this is just in response to, um, in, in basically in response to, um, you know, going to Orlando and being in Orlando. So <clears throat> it sucks. It's terrible timing, but that's been 2020 for us. We all know the right thing to do is not to play, to take a stand. Morally, yes, that makes sense. But life goes on. We're all young black guys. None of us want to give any money back. I don't think that we should. I think that money can be used in a number of different ways. Another quote, this is not going to end this summer regardless or over the next couple of months. The issue, racial injustice, social injustice, police brutality, all these things are not ending anytime soon. Our fight was long-term. That was part of my decision. But if the league, any more of my guys would have come together and said we, did, we didn't want to play, I would have, sat, I, I would have sat out as well. I wouldn't have even fought it. I think most of us decided to play. It's something we'll have to live with. I trust that my heart's in the right place and I'm doing enough to make change. And then there's a few more quotes here as well. And, and this is in reference to kind of like how it feels, you know, being there. You know, it sounded good about a month or two ago, Van Vliet said to reporters uh, in a conference call on Monday regarding the league's plans. And he said, uh, another quote, not so much right now before we get ready to leave. And then, and then this one kind of hurt me. I've been gone a week and I miss my kids already. And then there's two more here. I definitely respect guys that took the stand to sit out for whatever reason, but my choice was to come play. I'm not right. And they're not wrong. It's just a personal choice for everybody. I understand that around the league, there's been some positive tests and they're trying to get ahead of of that now so that we are actually ape or so that we are actually in the bubble. Hopefully everything will be okay. I'm trying to be optimistic about it. It's not the most ideal situation, but it's kind of the times we are in. It hasn't been ideal for anyone. So, um, maybe I'll start with you. Maybe I'll start with you, Randall. Just kind of like hearing, you know, we've heard a lot of quotes from obviously like, uh, you know, Wojnarowski, Lowe, Silver. 
Um, obviously, Kyrie was big in the news, uh, those conference calls, but we're kind of hearing something from one of our representatives right now. So, you know, uh, I'm just throwing it to you. Like, what, 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 what's that? What, what is that kind of like drumming up in you? Well, well, first of all, I like to say that um, I think if there's a player that would best be the spokesperson for the Raptors, it probably would be Fred. Um, and regarding his statements, no, I agree. I feel like he's uh, he's in support of the players who want to make a stand. Um, but again, I'm not really sure what the uh, money side of it is. Uh, particularly, not only with just the players, but with with the staff and all the uh, right. people involved. So that I think um, kind of plays a role into his decision to for sure to continue. Well, I think any player is going to have to, you know, if it's like, hey, it's fine if you don't come, but you don't get money. That's like not exactly you know, an honest, like representation, you know, it's not exactly a great way to present a question. Right. Cause it's kind of like, there's a consequence then if I don't come. Right. right. But and, sorry, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying like, I'm not exactly sure of all the like, ins and outs of the, of the money details either. Uh, and I for sure think that would be like vital to any type of decision-making. Um, but sorry, I just kind of was tagging on your point. Right. Also in, in addition, like I feel like if enough people would sit out, and the season would not continue, then, you know, even more people would be affected, financially speaking. So that's the uh, the uh, the financial side. But then there's so much more to consider. Um, the you know obviously the safety and health of their family and and uh, relatives. That's something that needs to be considered too. Same with obviously the Black Lives Matter movement. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like um, where Fred's at. Um, you, you know, he's being honest. It's, it's, I think it's a confusing situation. Yeah. I think he feels reluctance, you know, uh, hearing that he's missing his kids already. And it's like, oh, wow, this is going to go on. Or it's supposed to be, I think, 94 days. So, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all pretty intense. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're kind of like thinking through this in, in somewhat real time. So, uh, um, yeah, Katie, I'll just I'll jump to you. How does he, I know you love Fred. How, how does kind of hearing him open up make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Randall. I think for the Raptor spokes, spokesman, he's sort of the perfect one for that role. And like to your point, this is the first that we've heard from players pretty directly. Like we've yeah. heard from when Kyrie was, you know, kind of speaking at the helm of the MBPA. Um, we've heard from other players. I don't know whether it was on mostly on Twitter, I feel like, but yeah. to hear this directly from Fred, I mean, it, it's like, I'm pretty torn about it because I don't, I'm still not really on board with the bubble just because they've never, they were never able to nail down the plan or logistics early on. And now there's no way they'll actually be able to do that just because right. of the situation, not just, you know, within the league, but in Florida, um, Adam Silver, just like, not very long ago today, just said like, he'll be coming and going from the bubble. So I like, just read that. <laughs> yeah, just there's, that. there's Will weird things like that. Bubble? Like, yeah. And like, he's not going to be quarantining on like for two weeks on either side of that. So there's like a lot of allowances that I don't know whether they like, I don't know. It's just that it doesn't really properly accounted for or maybe could account for, which is why I think it's not the best idea still. Um, but the Fred, like, 
it's kind of gutting. Like he, yeah, from what I've seen, word. Yes. <laughs> from what I've seen, from just like how he spent the last two and two and a half months, like he loves being at home with his family. Like he's got two like young, young kids. He, they're like, they're at the stage in their life where they're not going to be the same when he gets home, totally. just in terms of like their physical growth and like their emotional growth. I think there was something he said, like the first day they got there, I think it was like his daughter couldn't sleep. So they called him oh. his wife and his daughter. Called oh my him God. That's even like, I know. And he talked to her and then she was able well, I go to sleep, but just they're so used to him being home now too. Like their routines are off as yeah. well. And I mean, I know he's just one player, but he's like our special guy. <laughs> I feel yeah, like totally it's just tough. Guy. Like you see, it, it sort of puts it into a very Toronto centric perspective for us, I think. And, and we can see like all the, you know, every time it seems like there's a positive for this bubble there's a negative one uh, to match it. And I think like you see that on a really personal level with what's going on with Fred. Um, and another thing we, we haven't really talked about yet is like the money thing's one thing, but you know, he's also in a contract year. So I think like there are the implications of that as well. Like whether he decided to play or sit out, like, you know, Bertans is sitting out and he's in a contract year, but Fred yeah. is doing the opposite. So, and he's also like on a team that, you know, is wanting to come back for a two beat. So like, I get it, but just like, it's such an imperfect situation that I don't, it's just like kind of exhausting and depressing to talk about (laughs) and think about. It is. And, 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 and also like, I'll add to that. It's, it's, I mean, just, I'm, this is just my personal point of view, but I feel like it's, it's also been kind of this like mental battle, figuring out the relevancy Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how exactly to comment on a, a sport you love that has, you know, massive cultural implications and, and is more than just a sport in so many different ways. Um, and I don't even mean that in the cliche. Like, I mean that it's like, it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a massive thing in the world. Basketball. It's bigger than the NBA. It's way bigger than the NBA. And yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm not really trying to drive this conversation towards like, do it for the sake of sport. Cause I, I don't buy that at all. I think that actually like lessens the point in my opinion, when people talk, talk like that, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's a pretty messy time. And I, I really connected with that Fred statement because he's just coming from a lot of different angles. There's, there's pain there. He's excited. He wants to compete. Like, you know, it's like he didn't mention it's his contract year, but yeah, it's his contract year. Fred's, theoretically headed towards a pretty big payday. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just quite a bit and it's evolving quickly. Um, (laughs) Let's uh, let's kind of go in the past a little bit, even though it's also the present. Uh, I'll stay, I'll stay with you, Katie. Um, Vince Carter officially announced his retirement. Um, That I think every Raptors fan, every, you know, big time Raptors fan has really strong feelings about, uh, Vince, you should. And I, yeah, I'm just curious where you're at with his retirement because his career went on for a long time. So, you know, how do you remember him? I, you know, is this, did, did this register for you amidst everything that's going on? Or is it just like, yeah, sorry, Vince, I'll process this later. Or, you know, it did register for sure. I, I just kind of was a bit almost like sad for him. I wish he could have had it you know, in a more consistent 
season, you know, to like, I guess yeah. like go out as strongly as he could, but he was also his call. So I think, you know, a part of him maybe understood things probably aren't going to be normal or as he kind of knew them next season or the season after that. So I think like the thing about Vince Carter is he's, <laughs> whether you, whether you like it or not, whether it like directly really hurt you, <laughs> he's very good about picking his moments uh, for like these kinds of decisions right. and like big career decisions. And this isn't any different from that. I mean, the guy's been playing basketball for like one more year than he like in his life, he spent more time now playing basketball than he hasn't. And just like, there's something wild. so like astounding and like really important about that, that we don't really talk about. Like I was just talking about this with Dylan today, but just like how Vince Carter has been like, you look at how the impact, like, like Larry had a really beautiful statement about what he meant to him. And now Larry is considered a vet, but then you also look at, you know, two generations under Larry, like he's been this kind of figurehead vet, like umbrella vet almost for now, like three generations of Hoopers. And I think like that is so rare and like, so cool. Totally. Um, yeah. And like very powerful. And I mean, I don't like umbrella vet. I love that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's great. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, I was never, I guess I, I don't know why, but I never um, had like a personal vendetta against him when he left. Um, I know a lot of people do and I don't fault them for it. I think mm -hmm. it's like, it hurt. It really personally hurt a lot of people. Um, but I'm, you know, on me, I'm more for like the player autonomy side of things. Yeah. Right. Um, and then look at what an impact he had, like, I mean, this is just like blue sky in it a little bit, but look at the impact he then was able to have like across the league much more largely. And then you can also say, look at the impact he had on like basketball in Canada. You know, we wouldn't have anything really we have now if we hadn't had him. Yeah, so, no, for sure. Yeah. His, his impact is, is so massive. And I think even when, when people talk about his impact on basketball in Canada, it's actually, it's often undersold. I mm -hmm. feel, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's nice kind of hearing your your perspective on Vince. I knew I knew it would be great, obviously. <laughs> and the the umbrella vet is such a good encapsulation, I think, of like what he was able to achieve. Mm -hmm. And uh, earlier today, I listened to the uh, Open Four episode with uh, with with Rob Mahoney and um, uh, Ben. I can't remember his last name, but Open Four. Uh, I'll 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 pop I'll pop my head later. But um, and they were kind of like talking about Vince Carter. And what struck me was that uh, although they had lots of good points, they kind of came down the same path that everyone or not everyone, but so many people come down with Vince, which is they can't get past that. He was a Michael Jordan mold and um, he's a disappointment to them. And so many people look at his career as a disappointment. You know, it's, it's kind of like measured against, the, the, the lack of rings, you know, no finals appearances, um, kind of like some high profile losing in some scenarios. But I just think that's the wrong way to look at his career. It's so unique. Uh, I mean, for me, it's kind of like an expectations thing. Mm -hmm. I think Vince is a perfect player. You can kind of like look like in a Petri dish. It's like, this is someone who at every single point of his career, he did what he wanted to do and dealt with expectations that were largely unfair, whether that's like being 
uh, all defensive player because he's athletic or whether that's he, he, you know, he shouldn't shoot the three because he should dunk more. And he was ahead of the time uh, in, in that regard. Um, and, or, you know, like the way he kind of became a role player later in, later in his career, or even, you know, he didn't even ring chase. He played for all these kind of like bottom feeder teams and valued himself in that. Obviously his uh, decision to get his um, degree uh, before game seven, like so much of Vince's career is just like classy and classy in the face of kind of like judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, sorry, Randall. I hope we didn't take all of the points away from how you feel about <laughs> Vince. Sorry. Um, yeah. How, how do you feel? But like, I, I know you're, you're a bit younger than me, but like, um, yeah. Like, did you like, where, where are you at with Vince and his retirement? My reaction with Vince's retirement is this. Oh yeah, you're like you're done with them? No, no, I'm uh, I'm clapping and giving a standing ovation. Oh, I thought you were doing the like. I thought you were doing yeah. the, like, <laughs> like like like. Uh, what am I even trying to say? Like smacking the crumbs off your finger? Something like that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, it looked like that in the camera. Okay, standing was, O. Sorry, very different. I was trying to make the sound. As <laughs> but yeah, no, he has a he has a probably one of the biggest impact not only for. Raptors basketball, but in Canadian basketball, um, I think what we have now with Toronto and the Raptors would not exist if uh, Vinsanity didn't happen. And I'll rewatch his documentary. Wait, have you already watched it or are you going to rewatch it? You said, Yes, I'll rewatch it. I already saw it. Nice. <laughs> so good. Talking, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I've been trying to look it up. During part of this conversation, I can't seem to find it, but I feel like I, I know most of the games. Anyways, I just want to kind of briefly touch on the Raptors' schedule. Um, I mean, we'll, 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 see, we'll see what happens, obviously, but... Uh, oh, Freddie, can I ask a question before sure. we move on yeah. about Vince? Do you think he's done with basketball, or will we see him in a different kind of role? Maybe oh. in broadcasting, something like that, management, I mean, coaching? That's a great... I think he'd excel in a lot of areas. I would love to see him coach. Right. Yeah. It will, and, and uh, yeah, coaching would be cool. I think he'd knock broadcasting out of the park. Yeah. He'd also my, my brother Miguel told me this like Reddit stat where he's played with, I think just over 39% of every single player that's ever played in the NBA. Sorry, wow. played with or against like wow. been in the NBA at the same time, which is just wild. Yeah. Um, and then kind of like go brings me right back to uh, like, the umbrella vet. Like, I don't know. I feel like they should make, make up a, a role for him called the umbrella vet, which I don't know. I don't know if he's like, I don't know if he's like some form of like the giver for the NBA, like go to him and he like can hold their secrets or whatever. Um, sorry. You know what? I'll bring the giver out of this. He opens like a basketball monastery on top of a mountain somewhere. And then that's where rookies can go in their first, like the first summer after either after they played their first season or into their first season. (laughs) Or what about this? The first time wherever you are, and we'll figure out the technology later, wherever you are, when you do your first dunk, you're just transported to Vince's living room. (laughs) And Vince is like, right. (laughs) That's pretty wild. Isn't it? (laughs) And then you're like, yeah. Um, and then I guess you just keep dunking because you're cool. Uh, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Um, 
yeah, Randall, I can't seem to find the uh, the the Raptors schedule right now, but I I, I think I could, I think I know the eight games. So I, I know we're playing the Lakers, the Sixers, right. the Bucks, um, the Celtics. I believe we're also playing the Heat, the yes. Rockets. Oh, are you looking at it right now? Yeah. So the order Goodness. is so the order is Lakers, Heat, Magic, Celtics, Grizzlies, Bucks. Sixers and then finish it up with the Nuggets. No Rockets. Oh, no Rockets. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How, how you, do you feel like that's a hard schedule? Like, what? What? Yeah. What's What's that schedule kind of like mean to you? Or you're like, who cares? Let's just start playing. Um. No, I think it's a hard schedule, but I think it's good for us. Um, I think the only risk is that if we if we lose our spot against Boston, mm-hmm. and right. that will hold on to that two seed, right? Um, so that, that's the only concern, but I think overall hard schedules are good in the long run, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. Yes. I, I predict something or somewhere around a four, four or four, five is what's going to realistically uh, happen. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm not sure I'm feeling like six wins either. I think I'm in like mm-hmm. the five, the five win range there. I also feel like I, I would expect nurse of all coaches to say like, Hey, guess what? The first two games, everyone plays 10 minutes. Like, I think he's really just going to be like, no one's getting hurt in this first game. And that's a guarantee. Like we'll, we'll get blown out by 50 points, but nobody's getting hurt. Well hurt or like to get used to playing at that kind of level again too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like just to kind of toss them all in the deep end, like your mean, your mean uncle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe they need a mean uncle. <laughs> it's gonna be honestly if you're trapped in a bubble, bring in the mean uncle, right? <laughs> it's gonna be I interesting to see how all their uh, aura rings are working. Oh yeah, the the aura <laughs> smart rings. Yeah, um, I, I looked them up. They're three hundred American. So oh, much. You have to so. probably take those off before you get in the pool. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they're not waterproof. That would uh, be hilarious. Although. Um, uh, a weird little, just just weird little side note, because you brought up the, those rings, Matt. Um, well, uh, Gasol was one of the first players to start wearing. I forget what they call, it, but there's like those wrist things mm. that measure a bunch of stuff. It's a Fitbit, and yeah. I think it's a golfer, Rory McIlroy or something like that. But the actually, the, this thing that he was wearing detected COVID in his sleep. From really? his from the disruption the, from the disruption of his breathing. Whoa. So I think there's the like Orwellian Big Brother, like oh no, smart rings. But then I think there's the other aspect of it. It's like, is this thing going to detect if I go up one decimal and are, I'm starting to have a fever in my sleep? Because yeah. if so, that's kind of good. Yeah, um, it seems yeah, like the, the, the two things the that they, they 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 monitor your your heart rate. And uh, your temperature, so the and your proximity, but only to another person wearing the ring. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, that's like the most like class based thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. That and person's not alive. And like coaches, it's mandatory for coaches and coaching team staff, but it's optional for players. Oh, is Sick. it? Yeah. No, I don't see any logistical problems ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, let's. Uh, Wait, wait, Katie, I didn't, did I ask you about how you feel about the schedule? No, no, but I mean, I don't feel incredibly strongly about it. I, I think it's, it's good. I'm kind of happy to not start with the Celtics because I, I agree. Like I don't want to lose to them and I don't think it would be great to lose the, or their spot. So, 
to start with like a, to start with like those two first, I think um, is good. Like really mm-hmm. like, yeah, like warm, warm everybody up, get everybody ready. Um, but I'm mo- like more than the, like, I don't know that they, they will struggle because it will be difficult to like, remember how to play in this, mm-hmm. in this, at this level, because I think so much of that is like intuitive to them. Right even though they've been out of the swing of things, I think it will be weird and more difficult to play in those surroundings, to be honest. Oh, totally. Cause it's going to be like, what, 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 what are their workout rhythms? Like, what are their, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's, what's the atmosphere going to be like in the stadium? Yeah. Uh, I think so many things like, obviously it's hard to get comfortable as a basketball player. Um, and I think, you know, we're all, as fans, we're getting fooled when we see someone who's very calmly hitting a free throw with a, an arena screaming at them. <laughs> but yeah, like the, I'm, I'm super curious about that too. Like, just like, are they going to be thrown off by the silence? So, yeah. Oh, and are they going to, yeah. And I mean, they they're like creatures well, of you know? habits. Sorry. Yeah. No, like, I think so much of it is like, even when they're traveling, they know these arenas that they're visiting and they know sort of the routines that are built into that. I mean, I, when they said, when the NBA announced like the, the way it was sort of scheduling, like it's home, quote home team, like away team, how like the visiting team would have one less hour of like free time and the home. Wait, is that what it is? Yeah. The quote. That's home, weird. I don't home like that. Team would have three hours of like downtime before a game or just like the way they tried to stagger it. So it seemed like, that's actually because that would be how it would be if a team was on the road. Right. But no, uh, no actually yeah. on the road, they're all there. So they're trying to like, I get that they're trying to introduce elements that make it so every team doesn't have the advantage or it isn't an, an even playing field in that sense. And they still have some of that, but then I'm also like, but is that really necessary? Cause it's yes. be so disruptive already. Just being there. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you. That's like, like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I guess a Raptor fan, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're the third best team in the NBA. Like I want us to have like uh, all of the advantages possible, but um, yeah. Recreating the home stuff is is weird when you replace it with other things. Like I remember that, you know, there was a suggestion of like an extra foul or an extra timeout or this free time one though, that's like deeper into the kind of like surveillance state aspect of this. Cause I can't do anything also. (laughs) Yeah. That's odd. Like I feel like, the next suggestion is going to be like, oh yeah, well the away team gets less therapy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, no, this is a bad route to go down. Like, or it's like, oh, you know what? The, uh, the losing team, when they try and shut off their lights, like at night, it's going to like take a bit for it to work. You know what I mean? Like just like literally. There's like no hot water in their showers or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is a dark path even for us as, as <laughs> like making jokes. Just um, like the hunger games. Yeah. It's, it's getting more. Yeah. Um, you know what though? That is actually a nice transition to the NBA. Um, Matt, if you have an NBA sting, would you give it to me? National, National Basketball, Basketball Association. Association. Okay. Um, <laughs> Randall, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you on this one. And uh, yeah, I think I actually have to modify this, this question I was going to ask you guys, because I was going to ask if, uh, if there's a tipping point 
uh, or a tipping point to the, the cancellation of Orlando. And if that tipping point was, uh, was, was the Brooklyn Nets uh, with the, uh, with the um, announcements that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan are both not going to attend Orlando because they have COVID. Mm-hmm. But also uh, I just read that three different New Orleans Pelicans um, have COVID as well. So I think like these team clusters seem to be, you know, if you were expecting a certain amount of COVID cases, like let's say, you know, if you're a Leafs fan, right? Austin Matthews has COVID. Well, okay, he'll go away from the team and, you know, I guess return when he's healthy. Makes some sense. But when, you know, the, the cluster aspect of this is, I think, a new level of frightening. And, uh, you know, there's also reports like uh, Rudy Gobert still can't smell. And just other kind of like things pointing towards how little we still know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do, is, is there a... I mean, let's just like assume ethically we're all like, uh, you know, the NBA shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But like from a logistical standpoint, like what do you think potentially the actual tipping point will be? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to say one case inside the bubble is enough, but you know, it's not. Right. So like once they're in the bubble, somebody gets a case. It's like, this is too scary. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Silver's definitely spoke like if that happens, you know, the NBA is prepared for it and they're going to go on. Um, but he did I, also I, I, say, I, didn't he? Did he, he also said right. he's like, if it's too much, we'll, we'll, we might have to shut it down. Right. Is that is that recently, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. He did say like they're prepared for that too in a way. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good hearing that. Uh, yeah. Just for the sake of like, yeah, we have an exit strategy if this gets like... I don't know. Yeah, like, Eleven out of ten terrifying because it's like nine or ten, I think, right now. Yeah. Um Katie, where where are you at with like a, a tipping point? Um yeah, I don't want to you know, you, you already kind of said before, like you, you I think we're probably similarly think that this really shouldn't be happening, but we know mm-hmm. it might still. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it it should be one case within the bubble. Um it, but it won't be. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's like the evidence of that is just like all the scrambling to sign, um, whether it's like sign their two ways to be like the 16th man on the roster or just like shuffling around of like these kind of, um, I mean, I don't want to call like, they're not, <laughs> I'm not the like, oh, the less important players, but just like the shuffling around in the recent days of just like where guys have ended up because I think yeah. players are looking to like pad their rosters, which to me is also an incredibly gross way to frame it and talk about it because you're basically padding it because of a pandemic and the like self-preservation of the thought of like losing some guys because they get, um, they get sick and they can't play. So, I mean, I don't know because they haven't really, like, I'm sure they've talked about this more internally, but it's just like what the protocol would be if a player did get sick, right? where they, like, like how they and if, quarantine them and yeah. And if they, they found to be test positive after they've like, you know, on the day off of after they've just played a game. So then what do you do? Do you like pause the schedule? Uh, and then like, you know, what if that the team they played against is playing together the next day? Like there's so much, there's so much of that. I know they're getting tested a lot and, but then you still have like the, the, the like falsitudes of testing and like false positives. And it's just like there, I think there's gambling so much on the fact that thus far they've had, um, they've been so lucky to only have asymptomatic cases that we've heard about um, in terms of like players that have tested positive. And I mean, 
like the Rodrigo Bear stuff is scary because it also goes to show that yeah, like it's just, some people might be like, oh, it's just his like sense of taste or smell, but like you know, like the larger implications of that are very scary and just things like yes. you know we know we don't know anything about this disease. We know it can like impede lung capacity for like the rest of your life. And like the, the stipulation they did where they, the NBA like increased insurance basically for career ending injuries due to COVID and all of this, like I'm glad that they did that. But the fact that they had to do that was like so messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the whole kind of like um, insurance aspect or planning aspect and kind of like, you know, crossing all your T's and dotting your I's. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like, it's a nice kind of like thought and a fun little logical path to go down until you kind of like step out of it for just a second. Remind mm-hmm. yourself, you're talking about people during a pandemic, the likes of which we haven't seen in a hundred years. So yeah. and like, like, it's a bit, it's insane and the like you know a lot of the coaches when you look at the ages of some of the coaches and coaching staff like these are older people right like so these are people that maybe now they haven't been they've been farther from players but when you throw everybody together in this like quote unquote bubble which isn't a bubble like at all but you run the risk of like what if one of your first serious infections is one of the coaches? What if it's like Greg Popovich? Like what if, you know, I'm just like, what if totally. it's, what if it's a ref? Yeah. What if it's a ref? Like what if it's like, I mean, you know, and it probably will be the Disney employees that have to work that don't have like uh, they are, they're not going to be tested. Like they don't have those kinds of resources being given to them, but there's just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it's not just an optics thing. It's like an ethics thing. And that, that to me, like they, they can't really square that as long, so long as this goes on. Yes. And and that's kind of where I I feel like I've ended with, or I'm not ended, but like where I'm kind of at right now, where I've settled rather, is that I think it's a PR thing. So Mm -hmm. I feel like their tipping point is when a player of the right significance or a fan of the right significance or a group of fans of the right significance, whether that be in the NBA, WNBA, Disney, whatever. Like, like I think that not, not trying to be vague here, but I feel like if there's enough protests at any given moment, like even just like going back to Fred's statement, hearing him say like, you know, if other guys wanted to, like he was almost there, you know, I think a lot of players were almost there are almost there are going to arrive to Orlando and still feel weird. Um, and I think that it's, it's going to take like, you know, more than one person being infected, but I don't think it's going to take more than one potential tragedy, uh, right. which, which I really obviously hope does not happen. Which is such a weird thing to like weigh this all it's, against, it's, right? Yeah, cause, yeah, cause we're not weighing, you know, a regular NBA season, right? You're weigh, you're weighing, you're also weighing serious things like an ACL tear or an Achilles, you know, that these are people's bodies and lives. And mm-hmm. I think this is like, okay, this goes even beyond way beyond that. Like hearing, yeah, it's like pu- putting on an insurance policy for someone to have a lung condition for the remainder of their life. Doesn't feel like it could ever squarely be built into a contract. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems too immoral to, to weigh. Well, I, I'm basically repeating what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now, Nick Nurse did say he feels very safe in the bubble. Does that should, should we take that as a positive? Or? Is, is is that a quote today? Yeah, I don't think it was today. It might have been the other day, but he did say he's like, I feel very safe, Nick Nurse. 
Oh, that's I I guess that's good. So I, that's heartening, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like hear I like hearing that he's that he feels safe and you know, I think like so much is made of you know, you keep hearing like it's a personal choice. It's a personal choice. It's a personal choice. And I think mm. that is a way for a lot of people to like avoid responsibility, accountability, particularly like from the higher ups. But when you square it back to each individual player, you know, nurse had to decide with his family or, or himself or whatever, if he was going to go. And I like knowing that he feels, or at least that he's saying he feels somewhat comfortable um, and safe. And uh, yeah, I think safety is a pretty big issue right now. Um, Okay. Let's uh, let's, let's bounce to funny. We were just talking about the, the exchange of players, but uh but yeah, uh, Randall, I'm going to go to you. So uh, I don't know if you heard that Clippers got uh, Joaquin Noah, um, which anyone who was listening to this podcast the whole year, they'll know that I would always present the biggest weakness of the Clippers as their big man. So I actually think it's a pretty big <laughs> grab. Uh, and uh, J.R. Smith is replacing uh, Avery Bradley on the Lakers. Uh, and I'm sure we'll hear about a bunch of other, oh. I'm sure there's a ton more I'm not even mentioning, but um, I do. I, I like that reunion. <laughs> <laughs> what the J.R. Smith LeBron? Yes. I know. It's it's a fun one. They had fun together. And I feel like everyone remembers the J.R. Smith finals moment, but they had some good moments too, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, sorry, my, my question, my meandering question, Randall, is uh, what's another team uh, and what's another player that they could, should maybe add? Hmm. I really don't know, like Brooklyn, maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah, I the, the only player I can think of is Jeremy Lin, and I don't even know if that's even possible. I'm just, like, thinking about it. Oh, my God. Um, the Raptors, Jeremy Lin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, no, no idea. Um, I was surprised about both acquisition. Um, I, I know acquisitions in general right now. Like, obviously, there's uh, there's the existential dread aspect, which Katie right. was bringing up, but even just in general, you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, K- Katie, is there any, is there any acquisitions uh, you think maybe would make sense for Toronto uh, or for any team? Um, I mean, Brooklyn will need to add someone, but I mean, no, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. It sounds like Brooklyn's going to want to just, you know, Brooklyn wants to get in and out of there as fast as they can, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was going to say like one of my, like one of my absolutely favorite, I like, I love him so much, Jared Allen. I'm, I was so, it was so weird to hear about DeAndre, which is a big reason why Jared Allen's minutes have been cut this season. And then I was like, wait a second, like I can't be happy for Jared Allen getting more time in the bubble because like the premise of why is so messed up. And then I'm also so worried for Jared. (laughs) I know it's like, there's no correct way to even have a feeling now because it's like, as soon as you have it, Oh no, there's more to that. I can't can't be happy for, for, uh, for Allen's opportunity because I know the other end of that is, uh, yeah, COVID. I guess what um, I am more curious about, not like outright acquisitions, but if there are this kind, maybe if there's like a, a secret like shadow tier of acquisitions, we're not even being made aware of just if teams are getting that far ahead into like, okay, well, what if we lose, you know, this many more players off our roster, you know, like, are they just going to call up guys from the D league? Are they going to call up like, what, who do they have on their books? Like, 
ready to go. Vince is coming back <laughs> in the bubble. I think uh, I just want to, I mean, I, I can't really think of many players who like want to rush to Orlando, but one person I think is nice and people like hanging around with is CJ miles. That's true. Uh, I, know, I know he's not in the NBA. He can shoot. He's tall. He's cool. CJ's PJs. Um, I think he'd be pretty fun to hang around with and he'd be a good team morale guy. It would be a great time to bring Greg Monroe back too, but yeah, the moose. Yeah. He's doing, What's... he's doing well in Germany. So I don't know that he wants to come back. <laughs> yeah. And Germany's doing quite well as well. So <laughs> cheers to the moose. Cheers to the uh, Germany. Um, okay. Uh, Katie, I'm going to stick with you. Um, who's going to win the championship? This, oh, you know, boy. <laughs> this, this is going to play out. It's all going to be safe. Um, hopefully. And, uh, there's going to be a champion at the end of this. Did we talk like, did we talk about this months ago? Did we do predictions? I'm not sure. And if it was um, months ago, that probably felt like years ago. It did. I, my, I still feel the same way though. I can't even picture the end of this, which I don't know. is like maybe a gut feeling. That's like, this isn't going to get there. Yeah. Were, were you, was it, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to, I'll, I'll let you finish. Back. Oh, I was just going to say team. like, I, I always feel like it's it could be Toronto again. I'm not just saying that for the sake of like, the podcast. Oh my god! But I'm Thank not. You. <laughs> I mean, the obviously you've got the Lakers and the Bucks like really gunning for it, and then you've 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 got like all these like they're not even under like they're not outliers. Like the Clippers aren't an outlier team. No, you know, like, awesome. yeah, like I hate to admit it, but the Celtics are also not an outlier team. Mm-hmm. But like you've got a lot of players like really gun, like not players teams really gunning for it. So it's not like there's any kind of lack of um, options, but I really do think it comes, it can come down to experience. And especially if you're in this really weird, precarious place, that's like so bizarre and it's going to come down to in the bubble longevity and not getting burnt out and not feeling like extremely worn down by the weird, the weirdness of your new routine. I think the Raptors are very good at like playing the long game not just because of last season and what they did last season, but in like like a lot of tenure of the guys on this team now have like come through very crazy ups and downs and really like, you know, dogged it out and, and have like stayed invested when like everything seems to be thrown against them. So, and you have like, of course, like uh, postseason and like finals experience. And I think, you know, that's still something the Bucks are scary, but I still think that's something that they don't, have and would work very well to their advantage, but we're lucky they don't have that. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's like being too outrageous. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've been saying we've been going back to back and I, I <laughs> truly had never stopped believing it. Um, and I, I, I agree with all of your points. I think that the, the Raptors are like a, a really good kind of, you know, team. When you think about like, a, you know, consistency, camaraderie kind of like IQ is massive. Mm-hmm. I think in a situation like this uh, and um, you know, for sure athleticism and uh, I think the Raptors just have a really, really full package of a team. Uh, and, you know, we saw earlier in the year, just the amount of kind of like high IQ zones and just tricks they were willing to pull on people mm-hmm. makes me feel like they're ready for uh, a moment like this and that they're able to endure something like this as well. Um, Oddly enough, I was actually going to say the Bucks, and I okay. feel, feel like a bad person because I I, mo- 
I agree with what you said more than what I'm going to say because <laughs> I prepared it in my head. But no, I just think uh, the Bucks are awesome. And I, I think Giannis is uh, the best. That's like, that, that basically is, is the, the main thing. Uh, and then I also think Budenholzer um, is going to make adjustments um, just enough. But uh, if they play us, they'll lose because Katie's <laughs> right. And uh, Randall, if you don't also pick the Raptors, I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win it all? No, yeah, I agree. I think, I think the Raptors are going to win. Um, I think <laughs> do you they're... know? We're not pressuring you, right? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I think their story throughout the regular season was how well they um, produced with the amount of injuries that they have. And now that they got that uh, long rest, I think it would benefit the Raptors the most. I don't even know. I don't even, I'm not even um, up to date on who's, who, who's still um, active with the Raptors. If there's still people who are injured or if everybody's good to go. I, That's a I, good question. I, I don't think anyone is still injured. I know I that they're all good to go. Like I think right. with Mark, they'll probably take it pretty slow just yeah, because but, of where he was when they stopped. But I think everybody is like, could be active. They're going to say, Mark, listen, we saw the picture. We know you're a pro cyclist now, um, but we're still worried about your hammy, sir. Your hammy is a big hammy, even if it's like a thin biker hammy. Um, so we don't want it to get aggravated. Um, what about, what about doing Hernandez? Poor guy played like just a little bit. And he, uh, did he break his foot? He had a really serious like heel injury. Um, Sorry. Who was that? Dewan Hernandez? Dewan. I think I said Dewan. Dewan. Yeah, that's Sorry. not a name. You always oh, call me out on how I pronounce names. So, oh, I'm just waiting. Oh, please. Oh, I'm just waiting for you to say Dewan. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What's that, sir? Well, he he went with them. So, and this is a this is another crushing side note. He his daughter was born like three three weeks before they left. Oh my goodness. So he's got to be away from his baby. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, sorry to put a real oh, damper on that, yes. but every, I think everyone's healthy. <laughs> They're healthy in their bodies. I don't know about their hearts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're, we're, we're all doing the, the best we can. And, uh, I appreciate everyone's uh, honesty and I think we should, we should kind of finish this off in a fun, silly light note and do some uh, quickish questions. Do you guys want to do some quickish questions? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll try my best. Oh my God. <laughs> One time everyone's going to say no. And no. I'm just going to be frozen. Like, <laughs> but anyways, okay. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, I read the questions as quick as I possibly can. Uh, I'm probably going to stumble through them, stutter a little bit, might not be clear. Your responsibility is to answer as fast as you can. Uh, it's going to be a short one today. We just got two quickish questions. Uh, so we're going to go Randall Katie. Quickish questions. Amazing sound falling from that. <laughs> amazing this is top level stuff like if there was like an award ceremony for podcasting they'd be like okay oh. we need an award for during a zoom video uh, someone playing their own sound cue timing it out just perfect <laughs> miming it it's good stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's really good stuff really turned into a uh, bit of a director with the zoom stuff 
it's it's high level art. Thank you. Um, okay, oh, we're gonna go, Randall, Katie. Randall, you ready? Yes. Here's your quickest question: Who will emerge as the breakout star of the bubble? Uh, I'll go with Zion. Okay, Katie. Which raptor is itching to ride Space Mountain? Oh, gee. <laughs> okay, since it's only two questions, well, you get to answer that too, Randall. Which which raptor, not OG, is itching to ride Space Mountain? Um, I'll go with Matt Thomas. Matt yeah, Thomas, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and Katie, who will emerge as the breakout star of the bubble? Aaron Allen. Who? <laughs> Jared Allen. Oh, uh, I thought you said Aaron Adlin. And I was like, who's that? Yeah, you see, like you've never even heard of him, but he's wow. going to break out in the bubble. <laughs> um, Matt, well, I'm, I might as well ask you, Matt, um, who, who's going to break out as uh, the the bubble? And the, uh, who's, who, yeah, who's going to break out of the bubble? No. Uh, <laughs> who's going to have a breakout in the bubble? Breakout in the bubble? Um, it still sounds bad. <laughs> just, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think Norm. I think Norm's gonna go off. Okay, and who's gonna want to ride Space Mountain? I'm gonna say Surge. <laughs> yeah, Surge is a good one. Yeah. Okay. But but who is gonna uh, break out of the bubble? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's ask that. Who's gonna break out of the bubble? And I don't mean sneak out. I mean like everyone's chasing them and they still manage to get out. Dion Waiters. Um, Dion Waiters would be a good one. I'm gonna say Joel Embiid. I just feel I just feel like he's like I've had enough. Like That's like true. maybe the, the Sixers Sixers are right about to win the championship. He's like, guess what? Don't care. Pops the ball, <laughs> and then he like he starts walking, and people are like you can't go out that way. That's where like all the danger is. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. And like people are like hanging on his ankles, and he's just like walking out. Puts on the phantom mask. I could see it. Oh, it puts on the phantom mask. That's good. And like, oh, that doesn't work. Like, that's not the type of mask you need. And he's like, I don't care. Um, cool. This is fun. Uh, okay. Um, you know, since COVID started, um, you know, with everything going on with uh, with this Black Lives Matter movement, uh, I've just been asking people at the end of the episode, um, if you got stuff you want to plug, cool. Um, but you don't have to. You can just say something to everyone if you like. Uh, Randall, I'll start with you. It's also okay to plug stuff as well, just so you know. <laughs> Wait for my guitar videos, I guess. Um, yeah, I wow. <laughs> I like that you're plugging for people to wait. Yes. It's like, the main thing Randall wants you to know is hold up. That's a power move. <laughs> that is a power move. Yeah. So that's what, honestly, just leave Randall alone while he masters the guitar. Cheers. <laughs> Um, Katie, you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, w- you know, where can people find you? Uh, what are you working on right now? I do have a lot of stuff. You can find it in all of the regular places, writing wise. I mean, the easiest way is probably to follow me on Twitter at whatevs, which is W T E V S, and you can find all the writing stuff there. But um, one kind of nice thing of the downtime of the pandemic is I am a potter uh, and I've been able to get back into the pottery studio and I've been using that time to make some things and raise money for a charity. So I raised a lot of money thanks to a lot of generous people for the national bail fund network and for black lives matter Toronto. Um, But I want to keep that going and I have some basketball related pottery ideas um, for for things I'm going to kind of raffle off and do contests with. So um, I have a, it's my pottery, uh, 
arm, small business, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's called Weird Vessels. Um, so it's on Instagram at Weird Vessels. Uh, but you can you can follow there to, to see what's coming up. Cool. Weird I've vessels. never plugged that before. So thanks. <laughs> no, that was an awesome plug. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. Um, uh, actually, I'm really excited. I'm going to uh, me and Caitlin, you know, where we were doing the like, uh, it's like a Mother Earth, like vegetable thing. Oh, yeah. But um, but there's a new one uh, that's a kind of it's all all black produce, all black farms. And it's called the um, fuck white supremacy box. So we're going to we're going to buy that. And hopefully by next uh, episode, I can let everyone know uh, like how good it tastes and, uh, and tell you how to get it. But um, yeah, that's it for the episode today. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, thanks for uh, Randall, Matt, and uh, Katie for being being with me here. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Podcast.